You're listening to The Ecopreneur Show, a podcast that inspires entrepreneurs and creatives on how they can make a positive and meaningful impact in the world. I'm your host, Vanina. Every other week, I hang out with entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are creating real-life solutions for a more sustainable future. I feel by having raw conversations with ecopreneurs that will keep on inspiring us to take action in our own lives. Thanks for tuning in. In this episode, I interviewed James Recycling, a pickup service that recycles what curbside pickup won't. Things like styrofoam, contact lenses, and the containers they come in, and potato chip bags. At the age of four, James Harris was diagnosed with Asperger syndrome, a form of autism. James soon found his passion in protecting the environment and the welfare of animals. As a solution to take action, James became fascinated in recycling. His mom, Kathy Goldman, saw James's interest and helped James turn his passion into a thriving business. At age 18, they started James Recycling alongside his behavioral therapist, Marty Gotsman, who, al- who has also worked with James since he was 10 years old. With challenges along the way, the business has now been running for four years and are up to capacity with their customers, that they even have a wait list. They are now in the process of opening a drop-off site. Can you do, um, can you give me a quick introduction of yourself for each of you? Hi, my name is James. I'm Kathy, James's mom. And I'm Marty Gottesman, and I've worked with James for 12 years. Can you tell me a little bit about um, James Recycling? We pick up recycling at people's houses. We give them buckets, and they put the recycling on their buckets. We bring it to our van, store, and then we bring the bucket back. That's amazing. And how long have you how long have you guys been running the business? Since 2015. And how did you how did you first get into recycling, James? Okay, so when I was younger, I always learned all about climate change, global warming. So I always was into recycling back then. So then I thought, well, maybe I can do something to help because there's a lot of problems with climate change. I thought maybe I can help with that. So then when you started getting into recycling and um, why Why did you feel like recycling was kind of the answer to um, the work that you do? Well, because stuff that people normally wouldn't recycle curbside would just go to the dump and would pollute. So if I recycle it, it doesn't go to the dump, it doesn't pollute. How did you, or kind of why did you decide to start a business out of it? So people can learn, help people learn about recycling, what can be curbside and what can't. I can take the stuff it can't. Um, I think he liked it so much that he we kind of thought maybe the neighbors would appreciate it too. Yeah. So we recruited a few neighbors and word got around and now he has two hundred customers. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Plus yeah. a waiting list. So he took one of his favorite things to do and turned it into a business with help from Marty and I, and it's grown a lot. Do you tell a little bit about James and sort of his, um, so he has um, Asperger's, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, can you explain a little bit for our listeners to what exactly it is who may not be familiar? It's a high form, a high functioning form of autism. And when he was four years old, he was diagnosed with it. Um, you know, with that comes a lot of challenges. And Marty is the expert on 
that. She's our behavior therapist who's been with James since he was 10 years old. Um, there's communication challenges, some social interaction challenges. Um, yeah, and when I first started with James, there were a lot of behavioral issues as well. Um, and he's come really far since that. Um, and there's communication, emotional stuff as well, um, that he has to deal with. And as a 22 year old now, um, he's able to have a full, almost full-time job and, um, he does a lot of the work independently, uh, with our support. And did you guys ever think that like, he would form a business like this? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he has. No, I never. It was kind of probably like a lot of parents with a child with special needs. You kind of wonder what the future holds. And I never really pictured this. But, you know, we got creative and took his hobby and made it into something. And he's great at it. It's incredible. Yeah. It's really incredible and and so inspiring for especially our listeners too to really show that you know anybody can start a business really and I think it's amazing that um, with all the hurdles that you guys have probably gone through to create such a thriving business that also has such a strong mission too you know that yeah. you're um, it's not just that you know you're just a business where you're just selling something it's also something for the greater good too yeah I mean if you have a child with special needs just don't give up and you know you know they can do something so keep and be creative and keep going it's just it's, I'm, I'm just so honored and just so inspired to hear your story and listen to your story and um just to see that and also so you guys just started um did it launch an indiegogo campaign so you guys are expanding yeah. right so can you also explain a little bit about that why did you start the campaign um and kind of what's happened so far well, we started off with just picking up from a few neighbors, and we expanded more, and then we started picking up people recycling from other, like, parts of the city. And uh, I started the business because I wanted to have other people help recycle things other than they just put in the landfill. And uh, So why did we start the campaign? What's our goal? Our goal is to get a drop-off place. Why did you want to start the drop-off? What What's the reason for that? We have a lot of requests from all over the city, and we can't drive all over the city. So, you know, a lot of people are excited about having a place they can bring it. Uh-huh. And also... Yeah, so our hope is to open the drop-off center um, and employ other young adults with autism or other disabilities um, that might just be able to work a few hours a week up to, you know, part-time even more. Um, And the great thing about the business is you can have a really strong suit in math or you might be a great organizer or you might be really social or you might want to work in the back and not have any any interactions with anyone else. And so there's a lot of pieces to the job that um, depending upon what someone's disability might be, we can take them in and kind of work with them and structure the job around what their strong suit is. I think it's great that there's such a demand that you guys are just expanding so rapidly that 
you guys are really like and also so you guys um for the listeners too that you guys have fully um you launched the indigo campaign and you guys have have made your your goal too right i know it's a flexible goal right it's we've surpassed the goal and i we can still keep going though um to help us with startup costs for the drop-off center. So I know you guys are in search of locations right now too for the drop-off. We want it as close to our house as possible just because, you know, going back and forth. And we're in Southwest um, near Raleigh Hills. But um, yeah, we're searching for a place (laughs) that we can afford, which um, we have some, a, a strong possibility, hopefully right now. And if it works out, we'd be so happy because we've been trying for a long time to find that perfect space we can afford. And um, also so a little bit about, you know, how you guys want to make it an educational space too, and also hire people similar to James also. Um, can, I guess you, uh, from visiting you guys behind the scenes, it kind of seemed like it was very meditative for you, right? You really actually enjoy the process of recycling. And so I, I think it's, it's cool that you know, I don't think everybody is, gets into that sort of meditative and sort of flow state um, in recycling. So what when you're recycling, like, what do you just kind of like, to, like, is it a quiet moment for you? So what, what do you like about recycling in general? Well, um, I like to make money and also I like to... <laughs> Sir, let's get down to it. Just being honest. That's the real, the real, real thing behind it. That's true. Yeah, I love. Actually, that's true because actually visiting you guys, um, you know, you guys showing me the sort of mounds of styrofoam that you guys really showed me that that is created into oil, which is a resource that people are just throwing away and dumping really and just saying I don't really need this anymore but you guys see this as like wow you know this is it was so cool seeing you guys and you're sort of um talking about numbers like oh yeah that's a five that's a four (laughs) you know this whole different sort of world um that I don't think everybody really knows that language too so I think it's awesome that you guys see um it as a resource so yeah (laughs) yeah and we started out knowing nothing pretty much so we yeah um, can you explain that? What was the process like? How did you um, how did you learn about recycling? Right, I like to go to Far West Fibers, which uh, we used to go in like off two seventeen, on West Side of Portland, and uh, we they closed down, so we had to go to the one in Hillsboro. Hmm. You were a, a pretty big expert at Far West, right? Yeah. You were kind of like an employee there. <laughs> yeah. Wear his vest. Yeah. And they would he, and he, he yeah. knew. People would come up to you and what would they do? Does this go? And you always had an answer, right? Yeah. yeah. Was it that you just saw that James was really getting into recycling? Like how did it and then you just decided, okay, well, let's go visit let's go visit the, the sites or how did how did that kind of come into fruition? You mean as far as deciding to take it into becoming a business? Yeah. Oh, we're like, because I, I feel like I see the side of like, this is, a, it's a full business. This is what James loves to do. But when, like, at what age did he start really like loving recycling? And you realize like, whoa, this is something that he's really enjoying. Let's start, let's, let's grow this and learn more about recycling. It's about four years ago. And 
we knew we could collect it, but after we figured we really should know something about it. <laughs> so we learned what the different numbers meant. And he is great at knowing what goes where. James, could you talk a little bit about, because you say you know about you know climate change, but was there a particular movie that you saw or did you read something that you thought, wow, like people should really you know do something about this? I read books uh, online about it. Was there a particular book that really stood out to you? It was on a reading program. Is it a specific book uh, pro uh, program? Program of books you just read, it reads to you, and then you read it. When you learned about climate change, what, what was there some sort of fact or something that really um, stood out for you? Well, I saw how much it's been doing damage to our, to Earth, the Earth, and uh, it's causing a lot of like extinctions, heat waves, storms. And I thought I could do something to make that not as bad. Yeah. Wasn't there also an animal you were particularly concerned about that you talked about? Well, there's a couple. Um, like there was polar bears, and uh, I've heard the penguins in the South Pole. Some of them have died off because of the climate change too so yeah I just love the fact that you you know kind of took it into your hands and said I'm going to do something about it because yeah. I think a lot of people when they hear about climate change they feel the opposite you know they feel defeated and they think what can I do you know I'm just one person and I think it's incredible that you saw that and said okay what can I do from a day-to-day -day basis and created this incredible business out of yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's truly inspiring. Um, so um, can you also explain a little bit what um, you said? So you're going to find a location. Um, and then after that, so do you hope it, uh, will you still have the dropout? Will you still be driving around picking up recycling? Or? Yeah, we're still going to be doing that. Um, just kind of... Um, complementing that by the drop-off center. Um, so I think certain people, it's easier if we come to them versus they come to us when they have enough. And we can't go to all parts of the city. Um, um, and yeah, if we keep the customers that we already are doing all the pickups with, um, then we are able to add the more hours for the pickup. And I think we'll probably just start with like two or three hours a day and then hopefully grow more as more people know about it and become interested in it. Um, but we don't want to lose the customers either that we have the pickup and have done that for, for years. I mean, you have so, you guys have so many customers. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about just recycling in general. Um, what is, when you guys pick up recycling, what do you see like the most often? Probably styrofoam and plastic bags. What do you do with them after? Well, the plastic bags we put in a big plastic bag, and we take it to Fred Meyer. And the other one's the styrofoam, which we take to Agilex. Yeah, so you guys, I mean, you guys are recycling 
but I guess I also want to explain to our listeners too that you guys kind of take um, kind of go the extra mile um, for a lot of facilities because a lot of um, like Portland, there's only specific things that you can recycle. Um, one of the things that you can't recycle is like little the little bottle caps. Um, and one thing that you guys do is you guys actually do use that, and you I've seen you guys shred it up too. So it's cool that you fi- you guys find different where everything goes. Um, where and then oh yeah i remember you guys also showed me like videotapes what do you guys do with the videotapes we mail those to a location that will recycle them and keep them out of the landfill wow and i guess what was the process of uh of of researching that how did you when you guys started doing the pickup was it like you guys realized oh we're getting these materials so let's start researching where these go and then when there was a new, new item you said okay i don't know where this goes let's figure out where where we're going to put it. How did that, what did that process look like? A lot of times the customers would ask us, like, we have all these CDs, what do we do with them? And so we would research obsessively, like, <laughs> where should they go? And yeah, we have some obscure items we collect for TerraCycle Brigades for a local school. Um, so Kathy went above and beyond <laughs> with the research. And Marty says, stop. And then, you know, she finds some other random little, like the little plastic holder that your disposable contacts come in. Um, and she'll find somewhere <laughs> that will take them. And I often have to put a stop. She, like, yeah. <laughs> stop. Like, you can't add another little piece. You're obsessing. <laughs> yeah. The drop-off center will be different in that aspect. We okay. will have, we take, I don't know, probably 15 different items in the, in the pickups. Okay. T- different types. Okay. The drop-off will be limited to just probably four or five okay, of our okay. most popular. So if it doesn't get okay, so it'd be a little more um, specialized. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But I guess for the drop-off, you still will have the the like the fifteen. No, for the drop-off, it'll be smaller. Okay. We'll probably have four or five different items that we take, at least to start until we see how many people are coming in and how much inventory we have. Um, but for the pickups, we will remain. We will keep all of the little detailed, random gotcha. items Just, that Kathy has researched. What's the four, four or five most common ones that you guys will be doing? I would say styrofoam, um, mixed plastics, two, four, five, and six. Okay, and can you explain what two, four, five, and six means for our listeners? What what's what's two? I can see I'm popping. Yeah. And then what's you said four? Density. Uh, polypropylene and sixes are polystyrene okay so okay we're like we've got the scientific terms so can we can we yeah can we go by um so 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 for somebody who's listening so what like what item would be a, what for what would be a, a two or a four milk jug containers okay um is that the most common that you get milk jugs well, those are curbside okay uh spray bottle containers Things like that. Um, Forks. They're often a two. Yeah. Uh, some lids, um, some smaller drink okay. containers that won't go, that can't go curbside. And then what's what's for? Lids, yeah. Like yogurt lids? Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> Butter tubs and like to-go container kind of things. Right. Just the, it's, I'd say 90% of fours are lids. And then what was the other one? Six? 
Five, five. Starbucks cups. <laughs> Starbucks cups. Well, and Dutch brother. <laughs> and also a lot of a lot of to-go cups are fives. Fives are our biggest hard plastic that we get. Um, a lot of to-go containers are fives. Like they said, a lot of to-go drink cups are fives. A lot of tubs, yogurts, that kind of thing are all fives. And what do you guys do with the fives? We shred them and take them to Den Plastics. So they have a special relationship with James. And they took us on exclusively for um, post-consumer recycling. Wow. And he's on their website. So what did you guys do? Did you guys just like reach out to them like via email and said, hey, we're we're doing this. We have this business. Gabby. Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> we reached out to a lot of people. I made Marty call. Wow. A lot of industrial recyclers, they're still out there, but they don't take post-consumer because it's messy. It's not sorted. Um, so... Everyone said no, except Den. Can you guys um, also explain a little bit about how you have the, the people clean it before too? Yeah, we uh, let them know that because if we don't, they, it's not clean. Mm-hmm. They won't take it at Dent and Plastics. Mm-hmm. It's dirty. That's why they'll like hose it out or something. Right. And get it cleaned out. So if a customer puts in something with leftover food in the container, what do we do? We just give it back. I know I asked you this question too, but what's the weirdest thing that you guys have found in your your recycling pickup? A dead mouse. Oh. Okay, that's pretty bad. (laughs) We got them a lid for their fucking. (laughs) What is one piece of advice that you have for a starting entrepreneur or somebody who wants to, you know, make a difference in the world? What advice do you have, James, for them? Well. I like getting new customers, and because uh, that way more, more people can experience what's like to help the earth. Like they can mm-hmm. things that they would normally throw away. Like the more customers, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was what's something that helped you start wanting to work more, other than the money? <laughs> what was something, why, why do you do this instead of cleaning houses? What's in it, for, why do you enjoy it so much? Why are you working in a restaurant? Yeah, why are you doing the the recycling stuff and not working at a restaurant or cleaning a house? What motivates you to do recycling every day? Help the environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So really like understanding your mission and even though it's the the day-to-day things where you're sorting through recycling, you know in the long run you're helping the environment. So it seems like you always wake up kind of knowing it's always helping them. Yeah. And how about for you guys, for you and also, you know, for for parents who also have um, kids with special needs too? Well, I think for him, taking his interests, it's very um, focused and a passion and turning it into something that can have a business with and starting out small, seeing if there's a need. And then just kind of slowly building it. And if they still love it, like James loves it, then who knows? It could turn into something like what he has. Like this crazy, amazing business that you guys have built. Or thought (laughs) we would do.
starting out knowing nothing, he knew some, and now turning it into something big. Yeah, now you guys are experts in recycling. There are a lot of resources out there that, you know, we turn to and that could help us and a lot of people that were willing to give us answers. I think for me, the biggest piece has just been seeing him become more independent and confident. And when he was younger, we didn't know where he was going to be as an adult or if he would be able to work at all. Yeah, is James is it kind of an unusual case where he, because you guys have like a full time job and full time business now is is that less common? From my experience, from what I've seen, yeah, it's harder for um, these younger adults or even older adults to have jobs that are consistent and more than a few hours here and there a week, um, and doing something that they really can love and enjoy instead of just kind of filling the time and. Yeah. making a minimum wage right, paycheck, right. you know? So right. that that's our big hope too and the expansion part of it. I know you guys mentioned this too, that you also had some some people come also who really also loved recycling too. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So we have um, a great partnership with a school in Wilsonville that is just for children, young adults with autism. Um, so we have teamed up with them. We haven't started uh, – the classroom program this year yet. It's a little early, but last year we teamed up with them and they, their families brought in recycling from home and they charged them a small fee to sort it. And then they would bring it up to James um, to shred it and bring it wherever it needs to go. And they had a limited, a smaller amount of things they took as well. Um, And then we still currently, he's been working with us for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he won student from Victory comes up and works on Mondays and shreds for us with his uh, his assistant that comes and helps him. And he loves it. Do you guys shred together? <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad joke. Uh, he's a nice guy. I like him. He, he Of course, he's autistic. He can't talk, but he still he understands my words. And I like him a lot. Yeah. And he's a good friend. And this student, uh, from what it looks like, he totally enjoys it and uh, looks forward to it every week, too. So that's pretty awesome to see. Can you also explain a little bit, because you said that he loves it so much. Like, what about, I guess, what about recycling? Do you feel like for kids who have autism, like, why do they enjoy recycling so much, do you think? Um, I think it depends on the the kid or the person. Um, But I think some... Adults with autism enjoy the consistency and the sorting. Yeah. Um, really good with that piece. With James, he is super social. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he loves, I mean, he knows all of our customers by name and their dog's name wow. and their kid's name. You know, wow. he knows everyone and that is a big piece for him. But um, like I said before, too, I think there's a lot of pieces of the recycling business that uh, could work on a lot of strengths with uh, young adults with disabilities. It's incredible that you guys have found, you know, found this. I feel like I I don't see this story like anywhere, you know, where you guys have, there's an issue, there's two different issues. And then you guys have created this sort of like beautiful solution between the two. Yeah. So. And it was kind of by chance. Right. <laughs> really. right. But then when we saw how good it could yeah. be, it's like, wow, it is. You know, he 
his social skills have grown so much and to the point where he can go into a store by himself or go to a neighbor's house by himself. And I feel confident that he knows he has the skills to navigate that situation. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it'll really inspire our listeners and viewers too. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then one last closing note, how do people con- uh, reach out to you if they want to connect? Uh, we have a website, jamesrecycling.com, which they can, you know, contact us that way. And when we have the drop-off site, it will be up on our website too. Hey, Coopreneurs, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, come on over and join me at The Zero Waste Habit. I'd love to hear your story and what positive impacts you're making in the world. Anyways, I hope you're having an awesome day and I hope to see you in the next episode.